Have you ever gone after a dream most people would never even try? That was me. I'm Caroline Gardner, a single mom of three, who thought I could never accomplish something like a triathlon until I did, and everything changed. This is a show about people who dare to go after their dreams, especially when met with life's adversities. So let's go find out why we try. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Why We Try podcast. This is Zone One with your host, me, Caroline. Okay, go grab your favorite beverage. And while you do that, I am going to tell you what's in store in today's episode. First, what's in my coffee? I'm going to share with you how I kicked sugar to the curb, got rid of those ridiculously addicting creamers, and what am I using in its place? Then I'm going to reflect. I'm going to reflect on last week's episode with president and CEO, Clash Endurance Sports, Mr. Bill Christie himself, having him come back on the show was so amazing. So I'm going to reflect a little bit about his story about this little girl, Bella. So heartwarming to hear his story. And I'm going to share with you a little bit more about the events that they have coming up at Clash Endurance. You're going to want to listen to this reflection because there is a special code for just my Why We Try podcast listeners. So stay tuned to that reflection. I'm also going to do something a little bit different today. Normally, it's just you and me and reflections. And today I'm going to introduce a guest. That's because she is a PR intern for Why We Try podcast. She is Claire Rattan. She's a senior at the University of Miami, and she's going to come in and share her why as to why she came on to help me and get organized and get all the guests scheduled here at Why We Try podcast. And also, why does she do endurance sports? What's her why? Lastly, I'm going to introduce next the next episode's guest. If you've had questions about what the heck is all this gluten-free talk, why gluten this, why gluten-free this, why gluten-free that, and if you've ever had a friend or family member or maybe even yourself that is battling an autoimmune disease, well, you're going to want to hear the introduction to my next guest because he's actually written a few books on autoimmune diseases. He has been known to be the Shakespeare of the gluten world. Well, stay tuned to that introduction. Let's go. The Why We Try podcast mug that everybody's asking me about. (laughs) Don't worry, I am going to be having merch. It's just taking me a little time. I'm easing into it. Kind of like how I'm gonna ease into sharing with you what am I putting in my coffee? Okay, so here's the deal. I love coffee, but with triathlon, I have learned that caffeine is actually something that you can utilize to your benefit, which only means to me that if I'm taking coffee every single day, then I'm really kind of, well, I'm just, it's not gonna have the same effect that I want it to have on me when my body's performing. Okay, so you're training, you're training. Sometimes on these bike rides, we're out there for three hours, two and a half hours. And if you take caffeine regularly, and then you have that one time that you're supposed to take it in your training, like you're like, okay, I'm going to take it at the end of my bike ride so that I have that extra push. Well, guess what's going to happen? You're going to be immune to it. Your body is not going to respond the way you want it to, to caffeine. So thanks to the wonderful coach of the Miami Tri Club, Andy Clark, he has really taught me how to understand caffeine and the benefits of it 
as a triathlete and as a human being in general on my daily life. So I try not to actually have coffee every single day. I try to have coffee after a workout so that it's something that I look forward to. My body doesn't become dependent upon it every single morning. Now, years ago, when I was uh, first pregnant, I would put every single sugary thing in my coffee. So this is back in my twenties when I was even before having kids and becoming pregnant coffee. I was just like a couple of scoops of sugar, the sweeter, the better Starbucks was on the rise with their sweet beverages, but really I just, I wanted a lot of heavy cream or half and half and sugar. <laughs> that was what I would coffee. And then moving to Miami, Cuban coffee, hello, I would make that at work. I learned how to make it from my ex-mother-in-law. She taught me how to make Cuban coffee and how to get that perfect foam on top. Yeah, sugar, that's how you do it. So in my pregnancies, I did deal with the potential of having gestational diabetes. Now, for those of you that don't know anything about this, it is traumatic. You worry that if you have gestational diabetes, you could probably potentially end up with diabetes for the rest of your life. Got rid of the sugar from my coffee. Actually eliminated quite a bit of coffee from my regular diet. And I started putting different things in its place. I would do less half and half at the time. Nowadays, there's so many different options out there as far as what you can put into your coffee. So I went on to Northwestern Medicine, nm.org. Go here. Okay. You're going to want to check out is oat milk healthier than cow's milk? So the experts have come in and they've explained the importance of cow's milk, vitamin D, calcium. I don't want to ever come on here and tell everybody, okay, get rid of dairy, get rid of this, become vegan. If that's not something that you're ready for, nor it's what you're supposed to do, according to your nutritionist and your practitioner, your healthcare practitioner, then don't do that. If you're looking for other alternatives, alternatives, which I was because I wanted to kind of get away from the dairy in my life. I want to keep calcium. So I'm still having yogurt, but I'm kind of finding calcium in other areas. Cow's milk just had way too much sugar for my coffee even. So I did away with cow's milk quite a few years ago and I have now found favorite thing to put in my coffee. Oat milk. Yes, I am with oat milk. Khalifa Farms makes a wonderful oat bar barista blend now, the problem with oat milk, and you'll read it in that um, on the website there of nm.org, Northwestern Medicine. The problem with oat milk is that they will add, it has more calories, rather. It has more calories. It doesn't have the vitamin D, doesn't have a good source of vitamin D for you. It can be high in carbohydrates. This particular one has 14 grams of carbohydrates. It does have three grams of sugar and one gram of protein. I do get a little bit of dietary fiber in there, but this one has 130 calories per eight fluid ounces. I do not put that much in my coffee. I am not putting eight fluid ounces of, of creamer in every cup of coffee. So a little dab will do ya, and I put it in my coffee and away I go. Cheers. Okay. Make sure you check out nm.org for more information on the differences between cow's milk, oat milk, almond milk, soy milk, rice milk, and cashew milk. They do a great um, chart comparing all of them, comparing the calories per cup, the grams of protein, grams of fat, grams of carbohydrate, sugar, 
Yeah. And rice milk and cow's milk are at the top when it comes to sugar. So check that out. Let's move on to the reflection of last week's episode with Mr. Bill Christie, CEO and president of Clash Endurance Sports. My goodness. I love how Bill came in and opened up and shared the story of Bella. Bella was this little girl who was swimming. She was getting overwhelmed and freaking out in the water. The lifeguard swooped in, cheered her on, got her going, kept her floating, kept her moving, kept her going through the water. Ah, she got out. What a good thing that is. Oh, it's such a wonderful feeling. Then got on her bike with tassels and a basket. Come on, man. That is awesome. I want my bike to have, I'm looking at my bike behind me. Hmm, tassels and a basket? Why not? Then he talked about how he got into the golf cart and cheered her on around her run portion. I loved this. The excitement in Bill's face as he talked about this particular part of the race, it just filled me with joy. As I am looking figure out what my next step in the career world will be, I can't help but keep asking each individual that comes on here their why. I mean, obviously it's the name of the podcast, but it's something deeper. It has to be something deeper, guys. All I know is that every single person that I have talked to that is a professional in their career, they get burned out. They're working their asses off day in, day out. I'm not talking about pros in in triathlon world, like a pro triathlete or pro athlete. I'm sure they get burned out too. I'm talking about those of us that have worked day in and day out for a company, for a big corporation. And you're in that company and you're giving them all you got. You start out, you're like, I got this job. It's amazing. And I'm going to give them everything. And I'm going to work late hours and I'm going to go into this quarantine even, and I'm going to come up with ideas for them to stay afloat and keep pushing through. And I believe in that company. I'm going to stand by that company. And then you get to a point where you're like, where's the company standing by me? And this is where CEOs, business owners, business managers, they're going to have to really come up with other ways. I have been out of the workforce world of a nine to five job since about 2016. And even before then, I I was married to my boss. So I guess many would say, well, you had the comfort of, of a secure position. Well, yes, yes and no, because there was a push and a drive that that company couldn't fail if that company failed, well, not only were there not going to be food on my table, there was going to be missing food from other employees' tables as well. And I know a lot of employers, small businesses, or even large corporations, they feel this. They feel this in their gut. They know what it's like to go without. They know what it's like to push and push and push. So why am I going on on this rant? Well, I'm going off on this rant because big companies or small companies even need to start changing it up. They need to start incorporating time for their employees to take a break. They need it in their work day. They need it in their work week. They need it whole calendar. Otherwise, your employees are going to burn out. And if they burn out, guess what's going to happen at your front desk? Guess what's going to happen on your phone line? Guess what's going to happen in every part of your business? 
it's going to burn out. And listening to Bill, how before they were with Challenge, the group of executives and planners that he had on his team that also enjoy and love the sport and the world of endurance looked at their venues and said, wait a minute, we've got other things going on in these venues. Why are we not taking advantage of that? For uh, Clash Atlanta, there's gonna be a gravel portion. Hello, that's awesome. You have Clash Watkins Glen. Guys, this race, you wanna go onto their website and check out. There's a wine festival, a wine festival on the finish line. There's camping in the beautiful, beautiful outdoor mountains of, of upstate New York. I mean, it's just beautiful out there. So I just, I wanted to take a moment to reflect on how this extremely successful CEO who is also connected to NASCAR, which is also an extremely successful company that we know. I just, I want to honor them. I want to acknowledge them. They are taking into consideration the fact that things in triathlon and endurance sports need to change. People are getting overwhelmed and they turn to sports. They turn to sports as an age grouper to alleviate the stress of their life. But what's happening is that well, these events are getting overwhelming and they're expensive and canceled and moved and postponed. I love that Clash is able to provide a little more stability in that. So there's nothing wrong with healthy competition, right? Well, I think Bill Christie has it. And I think what we're going to see in the future is quite a bit from Clash now. If you want to take advantage of Clash Daytona and you would like to have a discount code sent directly to you, then I need you to go on my website, the new and improved website, www.whywetry, that's T-R-I at the end, dot co, dot C-O. Go in there, enter your email, and I will send you the code for 10% off of Challenge Daytona, okay? Now, if we have a good uh, outcome of this, I'm sure they will continue to give us more codes in the future. Looking forward to sharing that code with you guys. Have you ever been stuck? And I'm not talking about on the side of the road, flat tire, or in a monsoon out while you're out running. No, I'm talking about in life. Life is going to throw you curveballs. Life is going to get mucky and you might get stuck. Isn't it nice to know when you have someone who sends down that branch to pull you out of that muck? Well, for me during quarantine, Build Your Life Resume and 30 Days of Excellence, their 30 Days of Excellence program did just that. I was stuck inside. Where could I go? I couldn't meet regularly with my friends or with my tri club, it was really depressing. And I didn't wanna overwhelm all of my friends and family with all the drama that was going on in my life. I needed something fresh. I needed some advice from individuals who knew what it was like to fall down over and over and over again, feel completely stuck. Build Your Life Resume and their program, 30 Days of Excellence, provided just that. It provided a platform where you're connected with thousands of other people across the globe 
who want to better themselves for their health, fit, and for their mind. Jesse Itzler, Mark Brown, and Chad Wright created this amazing space for us to all join and support one another. On top of it, they come in every Wednesday and provide oh, a guest list that is like none other. We get to see firsthand with some of the world's champions like Olympic swimmer, author, and speaker, Katie Hoff, Cree Williams, the Achieving Peak Performance Coach, and of course, most recently, the Ironman champion, Chris Nakik. What an amazing conversation. These aren't just interviews where you're listening. These are live Zoom meetings where you get to, in the chat, ask questions, and they do read them. Go on to BYLR.com, scroll down to 30 Days of Excellence, and sign up for your 50% off for 30 days with the code TRI, that's capital TRI, and help yourself and as promised we are here today with claire rattan how are you claire good morning how's it going good morning i'm doing great just woke up just rolled out of bed um in my living room having a good day so far awesome awesome well as as i informed all the listeners before you're living that college life down here at the university of miami so we want to get to know you a little bit better. But before we jump into all the questions I have for you, we start every episode with our favorite beverage. So Claire, did you bring your favorite beverage for the morning or maybe two? I don't know. What do you have for us today? So usually to campus, I bring two water bottles. I have my water and my coffee with me, which is a little hard to carry around, but I'm committed to my hydration. But recently at Starbucks, it was a mistake. I got an ice green tea and they put vanilla syrup in it. And I've been getting that ever since. It's really good. So an iced green tea with vanilla syrup. Yeah. I wonder what, is this like a, does it taste very similar to a chai latte? No, I haven't really had that many chai lattes. So I am not, not sure. So it's just, it tastes like a ice cream tea with vanilla. So I got to try it. I got to try it. Yeah. I asked for sugar-free syrup and apparently vanilla is the only flavor that they have in sugar-free. So they just put that in there and like, it was good. It's a sugar-free syrup. Yeah, that's the only flavor they have, though, vanilla. I didn't know there was even a, a thing of sugar-free yeah. syrup. Okay, I'm being introduced to something new. I, I'm going to try that. I didn't even know there was sugar-free syrup. Okay, definitely have to try that out. All right, let's take our sip of our favorite beverage. I'm coming in with my Why We Try mug. Yay. Yes. Oh, I should have brought my Why We Try mug. I have it. There we go. Yeah, and it's hot. So that's always, because oh. just like you, I'm sure it's a pain in the butt when it goes cold. I hate that right? All right, Claire. So we all want to know who you are because you're amazing. You're helping me in so many ways this summer, but I promised everyone that we would go ahead and we would start with getting to know how did we, how did our paths cross? Right? So I think it was Gianna or it might've been Emma that had introduced us, they go to UM and tell me a little bit about where you found my request. Shout out to Emma and Gianna. Not sure who I initially saw in the 
Facebook group, but my sorority at UM has a Facebook group where basically we just share a lot of information about classes, internship opportunities, and babysitting. So one of them was babysitting for you. And they said that you might need a little help getting a podcast that you had going. And I wasn't even aware of the podcast at the time or how far along it was, but I just had been doing kind of similar work for a company in Nashville. So I was like, this sounds amazing. And I love small businesses just helping in like the early stages of things. So yeah, I reached out to you and it's been super amazing ever since. Well, thank you for that. And thank you for taking that request on Facebook. I have to also ask you about your sorority, the name of it. Why is it that you decided to join? Share with us a little bit about this amazing sorority. I'm a senior and I'm in Delta Phi Epsilon. I actually didn't rush my freshman year because coming from Texas, I had just seen like really big traditional Southern sororities and like the girls that had done that, which like nothing against them. All my friends are in those, but I just didn't see myself as that type of girl. So I was initially pretty reluctant to rush at UM. And then my sophomore year, I was like, I'm really only hanging out with people from Texas. Like I need to broaden the horizons. So I went ahead and did rush and it was absolutely amazing. I had a great time and I met like all of my best friends in the sorority And I wouldn't have found, obviously, this opportunity without the sorority and tons of other opportunities. I work at Camps Fitness in Coral Gables, and I got that job through the sorority. I've, like, so many opportunities and friendships. So That's that's awesome. I I have to, to send a shout out to them, to the whole sorority as well, because raising three kids here in Miami, not having family here myself, I'm not from Texas, I'm from Connecticut. And so being an out-of-towner, we need to to depend on the community that we're in. And I have to say for the past, I want to say nine, I think it's nine years, that sorority has given me amazing connections with individuals who are inspiring to me. As I've shared with you and your friends, I'm back in school and it's wonderful to to have independent, strong young ladies like yourselves come in, um, be around my kids because you are a positive influence for them. They see the reality of how hard you guys are working plus schoolwork. And then to have made this connection to help continue to spread uh, the information about triathlon or endurance sports in general was so exciting. So I want to say thank you to your sorority and and all of your crew there because it's amazing. You guys are so inspiring. So awesome. Putting a positive spin on sororities. I think a lot of times sororities get labeled and everything I've seen out of your sorority has been nothing but positive, independent, strong, young women. So my hat goes off to everybody over there. I do want to talk and share with everybody of why this particular show connected for you. I know one thing that we talked about sports is a part of your life and it has been. So share with us a little bit, what did sports mean for you in high school? And then how has that transformed for you in your college life? I've really always been involved in sports, like since elementary and middle school, my parents had me in like actually every single sport possible. Like I did 
ice skating, lacrosse, soccer, basketball, everything. So I've always just been really involved in athletics and it just became like habitual for me. Like if I wasn't doing it, then there was just like a hole in my day or I was just bored and I'm (laughs) very like anxious, antsy person. So sports kind of helped to like level me out and like calm me down, help me go to sleep at night. So yeah, during high school, I was on the track and cross country teams. And then I also started getting involved in like endurance running. So I ran two half marathons and then in college, yeah, it just really translated into like working out whenever I can, obviously, because things got a lot more hectic, but (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Definitely working at a fitness place has helped out. I get free classes over there and just like the like athletic community and like fitness culture is something that I really appreciate because everyone's so you have the same goal and it just feels so good to be surrounded by people that also really value their fitness and also like are putting their mental health first, Mm. which is something that like I really value in my fitness. So that's been your introduction all through, through high school. And then now for college, that's, I think it's brilliant that you sought out a job to work in a fitness place, because I I think that just makes so much sense. One, you're, you're taking care of something by getting these classes for, for free. College is expensive. I'm sure that, you know, work is important. Claire needs to work, but how do you work when you're balancing all of your classes? Right. So that was genius. That was really, really smart. And then making those connections. And then it's interesting to me to hear how you found that through sports and exercise, it helped you with anxiety. I think that's really cool. I don't think I ever really put those things together in my college years. I think that came much, much later. So uh, kudos to you for recognizing that. And when it came to last year and this whole pandemic, yeah, what did you have to leave? Did you leave or did you opt to stay? How was that time for you? I was living in a different apartment complex at the time and our lease was ending like midway through the summer. And then when Corona hit, I was in the spring of my, like April of the spring of my sophomore year. So everything was super uncertain at the time. Classes were going online. I mean, everything just shut down within like a week. Mm -hmm. So everyone was on spring break. Like one of my friends was on spring break her entire campus shut down and she couldn't even go back to get the stuff out of her dorm room. So all she had to go home with was the stuff that she had brought to spring break. So she was like, I came back to Dallas with like three swimsuits. (laughs) (laughs) That creates so much uncertainty. Oh yeah. It was like, especially for me, I am a very like structured type A Mm -hmm. and like, honestly, just super anxious person. So when I have something like a global pandemic come into the mix. Like I was very, very just like nervous and like certainty had me really stressed out, but like throughout, honestly, my life, like the one thing I like consistent thing that's always there is like working out. And Mm -hmm. my dad in high school set up a gym in our garage. So thankfully we had all the equipment over the pandemic. I would just turn on um, YouTube videos and go in the garage and then like work out to those. And it was amazing. 
perfect. Like, I really don't think I would have stayed sane without that Mm. helping me out. You and so many, so many others, but how many were able to like put those things together? It sounds like you had a good foundation to reach into those things. So it's so important that we continue, right? For our youth that we teach them, like maybe not harp so much on, uh, championships or these crazy travel teams that do it get it gets overwhelming but more focus on the fact that this is building character this is building something for you to lean into when uncertainty strikes and having fun that that sense of fun and as opposed to only one side which is win that's awesome I'm glad that your dad was able to have that for you and so then you went back to Dallas then for a while right yeah so I was in Dallas no just through the summer so I just got an extra month or two of summer. Okay. But, and then you came back and then you came back to Miami. Yeah. So I started the fall of my junior year in Miami. Yeah. And was that transition tough when it was like half of classes were in person and some were online? Did you, was that tough to do, to manage that? Or did it make it a little easier? Honestly, I kind of like the hybrid, I guess, like class model that they had going most of my classes were still in person, but just the restrictions on campus and like the number of students on campus had gotten a lot stricter. But yeah, I honestly liked the hybrid model because it gave me a lot more flexibility in my schedule. And yeah, you could go do things that you needed probably. Yeah. You know? and it was a nice, like I, obviously the pandemic was awful, but it was pretty restful and it was just a nice, like mental and physical reset going into like the second half of my college years. Mm. And from what I've heard from others, were your professors understanding? Yeah, all the professors were, I mean, honestly, they kind of had it worse than us because they were struggling to figure out all the new technology that they were being tasked with, like fully communicating with like hundreds of students through this technology that they had no idea how to use. So I really felt for them. And I think that they really reciprocated that empathy to all of the students, which was super nice. Yeah, definitely shout out to the teachers at UMiami. They definitely understand like students' mental health and the position that we were in. That oh, that's like- good. That's good to hear, Claire. That's so important. Awesome. Well, now I want to go and and shift a little bit and talking to you about some of the things that you have come for yourself. like. You had mentioned that you're, you had done like half marathon and some of those things. Do you have any goals coming up or that you're thinking about with it, when it comes to your fitness that you can share with us, like that might be on the horizon for the upcoming, like we're about to go into our winter or fall winter season here in this lovely 90,000 degree weather here in Miami. But do you have anything on the horizon or whether it's local run running events or anything that you're thinking about? So right now I'm really just working out to like remain at a, I'm not, no competitiveness (laughs) at the moment, but the other day I was talking with you about doing maybe like an entry level triathlon type situation And I had shared with you that I was really, really awful at swimming. Like I can swim, but it's just not really something that I'm great at. (laughs) And you were like, oh, that's amazing because that's where basically everyone, our whole audience, like 
can relate to that, which that makes me feel supported (laughs) on journey. Well, yeah, I mean, it's funny how before I ever took part in a triathlon, I thought those people were crazy. And then I did dip my toe in and then I kept going and trying and I failed at many attempts. And then you have this moment where you complete that event, whatever distance it is. And for me, it was a sprint distance and just coming out of the water, I could have just been done. Like I I could have, that could have been my finish line because it is, it's something victorious that you feel like I accomplished this. I got myself in the water. I got myself through the course and I got myself out of the water. And it's kind of like a feeling of survival. So whenever somebody tells me like, no, I could never do that. That's crazy. I get it. Like, especially the water fear portion of it. So when you said maybe whenever there's a maybe, I always want to know more. And so there's a lot of people that are sharing the same feeling because of the pandemic and and going through all of that. It kind of made everyone, I feel like sit down and say, okay, what are the things that I really want to try? And what are the things that I want to accomplish or just see, okay, maybe this is for me. Maybe it's not. So when you said, maybe I'll, maybe I'll look into it. I'm excited because obviously we have some amazing guests for this season that you know about, which is going to be revealed little by little to everybody. We can't give it all away. Right. Claire, we can't, no, no, no. Can't. And so these stories I hope will help individuals like build up their sense of confidence. And I don't know if that's happened for you, but like, even for me, as I'm, I've been, I'm not like years and years and years at this sport, but these stories that people come in and share for me are like, oh my gosh, that person, like they were, they started afraid of the bike or they were afraid of the swim. It's like shocking, right? To think that some people are, who have completed in a full Ironman distance were afraid ever kind of gives you that little understanding of maybe I, I'm right where I'm supposed to start. Yeah. I feel like also a lot of times when you have like the element that you're quote unquote, the worst at that, like often becomes something that in the end, like you're the best at because then you spend, or at least for me, because then I get to a point where like, okay, like I feel like I've mastered it, but then I want to be like, I want that to be my top skill. Like just being okay at it is like, no, now we're going, we're going above and beyond. So in track and field, which distance was your favorite? Was there a favorite? So I really loved the 400 and 800. So I was like a mid distance runner. I like getting things over quickly, but also I wasn't very fast. So the 400 was 400 and the 800 were really my zone, but what our coach would have us do was that if it wasn't an important meet or like you weren't expected to like run your best time during that meet, he would have you run all of the distance races, like just to train through the meet. So there were meets that I ran the 400, the 800, the mile, the two mile, and sometimes the steeplechase. He would have me run the steeplechase too. Oh my gosh. So bad. I was so (gasps) That's, but that's, I mean, as you're explaining this experience with being back in that element where you have a coach telling you what to do, I love that. I think when we have that direction, 
we look up to these coaches. We look up to people who are like knowledgeable and they're focused on us. Like they want, they believe in us. Sometimes they believe in us more than we believe in ourselves. Right. And it's interesting how once you go over to college and you're like trying to find those spaces for you that, that put that structure back in, but maybe not as, as intense, because remember you, you have your college, you have your education and you have all these other jobs that you're doing. It's funny to hear that, like that they were giving you these things and then more and more and more, but you were taking it, you were doing it. And then is that later on when you decided to do a half marathon? Okay. So I think the first half marathon I ran, I did in high school, my junior year in the fall, I went and did a semester abroad in the Bahamas. And it was like a research-based semester. I originally came to UMiami for marine biology. So that's what I was focusing on doing the semester in the Bahamas. But there was also an athletic component to the semester, which like I was super onto. So they either had you run you train the whole semester leading up to a half marathon or you train the whole semester leading up to a four mile open ocean swim. And I said, I am absolutely not doing the swim. So that's when I ran my first half marathon. And then I ran my second one. I just did the Dallas half. Awesome. Awesome. That's so, what a cool way to like get you guys motivated and and stay in contact with your surroundings while you're learning. That's so cool. Yeah, it was amazing. And part of every, I think Monday, we would train doing run swims around the island. So you would, there were like little inlets where like the boats would come in. And so you would sprint, like, I think it was like a two mile course. So it wasn't that bad, but you would sprint about, I think the longest distance was like 400 meters jump in the water and swim and then get back out and run and then jump in the water and swim and get back out. Oh my gosh. And then there was a wall in the middle of it. So it just made it really fun. And you were with all of your classmates. Um, so that was like my mini triathlon. I love it. (laughs) I love it. And what a beautiful place to do it. Oh, it was absolutely gorgeous. And we trained really early in the morning every day because we had to go to class. Like obviously it was still school. So we got to see the sunrise every morning and it was just, it was one of my favorite experiences like in my entire life. So, Well, definitely want to have you get to our local events here in uh, Miami for a triathlon because Even if you just go to volunteer and hang out with me, Claire, we'll get you to see and feel that same experience because there is something about it, right? Like the sun coming up, whether it's for a race or just a group of people coming together to be healthy, it's like, there's nothing else like it, I think, right? For sure. Yeah, it's it's something special. So, well, I want to say thank you so much for all the help you've given me and all the support you've given me through this next season of the Why We Try episodes and season of podcasting. And also to all of you that are listening out there, if ever you receive an email from Claire, info at whywetrypodcast.com, then you know that you are getting extra, extra special attention because Claire gets back to everybody like so fast. And and I just want to say thank you, Claire, because you've really helped me. You've helped this show and your positive influence out there. So I appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much. That's so sweet. I've had an amazing time and love interacting with all the guests. Everyone has been amazing. 
Very cool. All right, guys. Well, you are going to hear more of us. We will be putting together some other episodes for you guys. Thanks so much, Claire. Enjoy the rest of your day, okay? Wow, that was so much fun to sit down with PR intern Claire Ritton. I'm grateful for her for coming on board with me on this venture in the podcasting world. So thank you so much to Claire. And please make sure you leave us a review. She and I both love reading the reviews on Apple Podcasts. And you can also go on to Facebook, Instagram, and of course, LinkedIn and leave us a review there. Okay. The next guest that is going to be on our show, the next episode, you're not going to want to miss this one either because he is going to help clarify what the heck is going on in the world of autoimmune diseases. Now, I know for myself personally, I know my family friends, there are quite a few people suffering from an autoimmune disease. This is a pandemic. We are in the midst of another pandemic outside of this this COVID pandemic. And it is the autoimmune disease that are on the rise. The numbers that this next guest shares with me floored me, and it should cause you to have concern if you don't already. The next guest is an international speaker. He's founder of the Gluten Summit, which brings 29 world experts on gluten-connected diseases and disorders. He's the creator of documentary series. It's a great documentary. Betrayal, the autoimmune disease solution they're not telling you. He holds faculty positions, teaching faculty positions with the Institute for Functional Medicine and the National University of Health Sciences. He's trained and certified tens of thousands of practitioners around the world in advanced understanding of the impact of wheat sensitivity and the development of individual autoimmune diseases. He is also known as the Sherlock Holmes for chronic disease and metabolic disorders. He is a clinician and in his excellence of treating chronic disease and metabolic disorders from functional medicine perspective, that is what he brings to the table. He's also an author and I can't wait to share these books with you. I'm going to be doing a giveaway for both of these books. So you're going to want to make sure you check out my Instagram, why we try podcast Instagram. The first book is autoimmune fix, how to stop the hidden autoimmune damage that keeps you sick, fat, and tired before it turns into disease. This book, I have a ton of little notes in here. It really allows a person like myself who didn't go to medical school, who doesn't know all the lingo when it comes to what we are putting at the bottom, at the end of our fork, what are we eating and what does it do to our body? He really explains everything in great detail and such that I would understand. And then he goes on to share steps, a week by week step program on how you can start to eliminate gluten from your diet and why it's so important. I do not suffer from any allergies that I know of. But after reading this book and seeing how what and what gluten does to our body, I am paying much more attention to it. He then goes on to his second book, which we discuss in another special episode, which is this book, You Can Fix Your Brain. Just one hour a week to the best memory, productivity, and sleep you've ever had. This book goes in more depth with, in the first one, it talks about the leaky gut. In this book, it talks about the leaky brain, which as I'm in my 40s, 
I want to know more about this fog. I want to understand what's going on. Why am I studying? And yet I'm having a difficult time retaining information. Well, oof, this book woke me up and it should help you wake up as well. Dr. Tom O'Brien is my next guest and he comes on and he shares wealth of knowledge. Also his why in triathlon. He was a triathlete. He was a marathon runner. And he shares his story, his personal story in those adventures in his life. So I'm grateful for the time and opportunity I had to sit down with Dr. Tom O'Brien. Tune in next week to that episode. Make sure you bring your favorite beverage wherever you go and I'll see you out of course. 